Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. An Odyssey station. The following is paid commercial programming. The content and opinions expressed do not necessarily reflect those of WSSP, Intercom Milwaukee, its staff, or sponsors. From Lake Michigan to the Mississippi and every river, lake, and field in between. Let's talk everything outdoors. All aboard! <laughs> You're on the crazy train! All aboard! <laughs> Welcome to the Wacky Walleye Cutting Edge Outdoors Show. Fasten your seatbelts for a wild ride through Wisconsin's outdoors. Only on 1250 AM, The Fan. Everybody and welcome to this week's edition of the Wacky Walleyes Cutting Edge Outdoors. We're glad you're here to join us this morning. Beautiful morning out today, but looks like it might have a little bit of rain. You know, we come to you every Saturday morning, and we are live every Saturday morning from 6 to 8 a.m. So if you want to hop on board the crazy train for a couple hours and you want to get your two cents worth in, just give us a call at 414-799-1250. That's 414-799-1250. Or you can always email us at ceoguys, that's G-U-Y-S, ceoguys at yahoo.com. Good morning, Dan. Good morning, Tom. Well, and, oh, and good morning, Sam. Same to you. So uh, how's everything going over there? Well, uh, I went went up to uh, Door County for a couple of days, yeah, uh, just to get away and um, did a little fishing. Uh, weather was kind of not so hot. Water temps are still cold, um, so the smallmouth bonanza, uh, I believe, is yet to come. I mean, there's still fish to be caught, and it, there are certain windows, certain times, certain spots. But I'll be going back up there um, for that first week of June. And into the following week as well. So I'll be up there for an extended time and uh, targeting those. I did uh, up in Door County. You know, it's interesting, Tom. Everybody thinks of Door County and they think of, of course, either fishing the Bayside. And you're talking about a lot of areas from Strawberry Islands, Eagle Harbor, Sister Sister Bay, Sister Islands, uh, Ellison Bay. Uh, and then you're talking about Rowley's Bay, North Bay. Uh, some of those on the lakeside, but when it's when you got a south wind, see we had a situation where heavy south wind was coming, and a heavy south wind is not that great for either side. 
now there are times when you got either a east or west wind or maybe a you know maybe a uh, a wind that's not direct, directly out of one direction where you can go and find a place on either side of the peninsula. But a straight south wind isn't the greatest in the world. Uh, smallies are, are pretty uh, susceptible to some of those weather changes as well, can be moody. But what you do, there are several inland lakes in Door County that people don't really think about. One is Kangaroo Lake. And um, our friend Ron Johnson was able to... Uh, uh, go in there with a couple of buddies of his uh, and uh, get some nice mollies on Kangaroo Lake. Uh, then I went to a little lake called Clark Lake, which it's a lot bigger than what you think. And uh, I caught a big largemouth. I caught about a 19-inch largemouth, and there were a few small pike. And, uh, you know, so there, there's some inland, inland lakes that are overlooked, I think, in Door County that if worse comes to worse, you can go and do that as a plan B if it's too rough to be on the big pond. Yeah, that sounds interesting. Yeah, um, that, did you ever fish uh, uh, the part between the point of Door County and Washington Island? You know, that Plum Island, Detroit Island, those areas? That would be known as Death's Door, I believe, uh, right. that area. I have not. Now, there are guys making runs out to um, Washington Island now in, in, in Smalley fishing. Uh, it, it, it used to be closed, I believe, but now for catch and release, and again, check the regs on this, don't trust me, but check the regs, and I think it's catch and release only out there, and uh, there's guys that get them out there. Now, you know, it, it, when you look, it's probably not that far of a, far of a drive but, or ride on your boat, but uh, you, you, the thing you got to watch really carefully is the weather, you know oh, what I mean? It, it, for me, I would want to... You know, flat calm, flat calm day with no chance of anything happening, you know, whatsoever. Uh, as far as otherwise, you'd be spending the night on the island there, I guess. Well, I fished it uh, a couple of times and uh, those areas. Now that was at a time years ago when, yeah, there were we caught smallies, but they weren't the size that they are now. Uh, and we also uh, salmon fished uh, a lot of salmon in that area. So, uh, but you know, what was interesting was. You, you, you know, it's very clear water, and there were some areas where you look down and you can see the rib structure, the wooden rib stu- structure of sunken ships. It was, it was very cool, very cool indeed. But uh, most people, uh, they'll take the ferry over, and you know, if they want to visit Washington Island, which, which you know, I would recommend if people are looking for something to do on a weekend, you know, you, you drive up there, you take the ferry across, you Washington Island isn't all that big. There's, I, I, you know, I don't remember if cars were allowed or not. I don't remember that, but uh, it, it's an interesting place, you know. Uh, yeah, they, actually, you can take your vehicle and you boat. Yeah, okay, you can. So, okay. so yeah. So if you don't want to, you know, take the voyage across with your boat, you can actually take your vehicle okay, with the yeah, boat I and could, tra- trailer. I could remember that if you could or not. So, but because uh, I, I I met somebody up there. You know, using their boat and that. So, but it was interesting. As a matter of fact, at the dock. Uh, oh, here, here's a funny story. Um, I had to go up there to do a TV show with a fella, and we did a couple of shows: one on smallmouth fishing up there, and one on uh, salmon fishing. But anyway, uh, that was also part of the story. Was we were fishing by? I forget if it was Plum Island or Detroit Island, and they got a lot of water snakes. Where they used to have a lot of water snakes up there. 
And when we were fishing by the island, some of these water snakes tried getting in the boat. Uh, it, now, they're not poisonous, but I didn't want to find out if they could bite or not. So it, it was it was kind of like uh, uh, the Three Stooges, you know, trying to get them out, you know. So anyway, after after that, I had a drive home, and I still had some salmon blood on my tennis shoes and that. But I had to drive home, get a different suitcase, because I had to go down to Houston, Texas to do uh, uh There was some kind of showdown there, and I had to do these product demonstrations for Producto Lures, you know, kind of talking about how they work for largemouth bass and all that. So anyway, so I go down there, and they had me set up in this really nice hotel. So I go down to the nice hotel, and I order a brandy old-fashioned suite. The guy looks at me, the bartender looks at me with a kind of a quizzical look on his face, and he says, you're from Wisconsin, aren't you? And I said, yeah, how'd you know that? And he says, because only people from Wisconsin order this, you know. And then while I'm sitting there, guess who strolls up next to me and sits down next to me and starts a conversation with me? None other than the legendary Roland Martin. So, you know, we're sitting there, you know, talking. Um, I thought it was pretty cool. He didn't know, of course, who I was. I knew who he was. And then uh, there was a bunch of uh, uh, Japanese people there. And, you know, because bass fishing in Japan is real big, and they're there for this demonstration, seminars, things going on. And anyway, uh, so they, they got these cameras around their neck, and they see Roland Martin, and right away, oh, you know, they had to have pictures with them and all that. Anyway, it was time for me to leave anyway, but it was, that was, and oh, when I got down to Texas, this was the interesting part. Mind you, like I said, I had this blood on my tennis shoes. When I got down to Texas, it was at, you know, late at night. I forget if it was 10, 11, midnight, something like that. And uh, people were looking at me funny. And, uh, you know, and I couldn't figure out why until I looked at my shoes. And they're probably wondering, is this some kind of, you know, maniac killer that's down here, you know? And then the last part of the story was that night when I got there, I was going over to the, uh, what do you call it, the elevator going over to the elevator, and I'm looking around like, where the heck is this thing, you know? They pointed me in the right direction. And, you know, I'm kind of a lost young man, you know, and I'm looking around. And this lady comes up to me, and she says, uh, what, what, what are you looking for, you know? Or what are you doing, something like that? And I said, oh, I was just checking, looking for the elevator. Got to go up to my room. And she says, would you like company? And I started blushing, I guess. I said, no, no, thank you very much. I'll find it myself. So yeah. it, was, well, it was one of those very interesting trips, to say the least. Very well, d- did you ask her how much? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Even oh, with, my goodness. And she came up to you even with blood on your shoe? Yeah, and, and I must have looked like a, what do you, what do you, a sod buster. Sod buster. Oh, yeah. Like a sod buster. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> with lots of money in his pocket. In a lone, a very, you look like a lonely boy. Yeah. A very, and I, very know, lonely boy. And, and, and when she first walked up, I couldn't, I didn't know. You know, I don't, I don't know these people. You know, I don't, I didn't know, you know. Until Come on, Tom, you got to get wise. You got to get wise to the ways of the world. You know, if I were there with you, I would have thrown you under the bus as far as the blood on the tennis shoes. I would have walked oh. up real loud and said, hey, what's, what's going on with your wife? I haven't seen her in a long time. <laughs> Oh yeah, that would that would have been funny. Yeah, really, that would have been funny. And the police would have been there in a heartbeat. Yeah, so. So they didn't. Yeah, so they it was, they it was interesting. 
They wanted pictures with you. No. No, with Roland Martin, but Roland they didn't. Roland Martin, not with me, no. Yeah, they, they kind of threw you out of there like you oh, were yeah. chopped liver and he was That's prime right. steak. That's yeah. right. Well, you know, you were talking about uh, the Japanese. You know, some of the finest lures come out of Japan. Uh, Yozuri oh, Lures, yeah. I believe, is a Japanese company. Yeah, and they're not cheap either. No, no, but they're high, high, high quality. Um I'm trying to think, you know, Mega Bass, the Vision 110s at 24.99 or whatever. Uh, I'm trying. I wonder who makes those. If those are Japanese or not. I, you know, one one interesting thing. Those baits, you will never find them on sale. Not 10% off. Not 50 cents off. Not 10. They're pretty much a standard price across the spectrum, and that's what you're going to pay for those sons of guns wherever you go at least in my experience you know i haven't seen anything i guess when you have a high demand high quality product that's the price buddy and you either want it or you don't yeah and they they've they've come out these uh you know jointed swim baits that look like a real fish in the water and they're big they're like 12 inches long you know i mean they're not little they're you know come in different sizes but they're big they're they're big baits that uh they use for the monster bass in california and and, in japan you know so uh yeah and those can be hundreds of dollars you know those those are no not cheap at all now there there's a case where if you get a broken line and snag one and break it off you're more than a little upset hey i think we got a caller tom all righty all right let's go to rich in milwaukee good morning rich good morning guys hey uh during a week uh last week monday through wednesday i was up in ephraim which is uh, west uh, peninsula part of the uh, Door County, right? And fishing smallmouth. Now I generally take the third third week of the of the uh, month up there, and I'll tell you the fish the fishing was terrible. Uh, again, you, the, uh, Bush had mentioned that there was uh, the southeast wind. It was it was really a, a pretty strong southeast wind, and my numbers of fish were very were very limited. Uh, you, you usually might catch twenty fish in you know three days without a problem. I caught about eight fish. Uh, I kept a couple because I promised a fellow up there a fish fry in, in Sturgeon Bay. But, and I didn't see any big fish. Um, my biggest fish was just over three pounds. But we generally get them, we generally get them in a four-and-a-half-pound uh, four range. Uh, I don't want to say quite seldom, but, but you usually see three or four of them. Right. Yeah. I- I agree. I agree with you. I was up there as well. I launched. I launched there in Ephraim, and I uh, I headed out towards. I was going to go to the Strawberry Islands. It looked a little too rough, so I fished a shoreline area, caught two small ones. Now Ron Johnson, you know, he's pretty much an expert on this stuff because um, he uh, bass fishes for a living. He uh, he did find some, um, but he again had to really work at it. And um, it looked like everybody was kind of pounding the shoreline along that yacht, the yacht club or whatever it is there near the boat launch. They were all kind of tucked in there and boats were pounding the same area, which always turns me off because I, I want to get off the beaten path. And you are right. If you get on them right at the right time, I mean, y- you might catch, man, oh, man, just a whole bunch of four pounders. You get a bunch of those cookie cutter. They're all like about 18 inches in fat. And then you'll get an occasional 19 in there, and and sometimes you'll get that 20 20 incher that'll be a five pounder. But yeah, pretty pretty tough going. I'll be going back there um, not this week, but the next week, and I'm hoping to have some better luck there. 
Now, some of the one local guy that I was that hasn't been fishing there told me that two weeks ago was the bite up there, and I, I, I and I can't confirm that with anybody, but he said they bit like crazy two weeks ago, and maybe I, I, it almost seemed like they had maybe warmer weather up there earlier than normal, and that well, may have, that may have warmed that water up quicker, obviously, and maybe that started that. See, see, here's the thing that <clears throat> I believe uh, happens up there. Uh, that I'm start, starting to realize is that they seem to come in in waves. In other words, you might think, oh, they were, it was two weeks ago, I missed it. There might be a whole nother wave coming in in the first week of June. Uh, I, I've learned this because I would leave after that. You know, Memorial Day, we typically go up there the day after and then fish for four or five days and call it a wrap. Well, like I said, I've had friends who would stay throughout the month of June and they'd also they'd find some pre-spawn bass somewhere on either the Lake Michigan side or the wow. uh, Bay side, and they'd get into certain bites where, you know, it's amazing, you know, right, you know, some how how the bass fishing varies. Where you might have to use hair jigs this time and Ned rigs, jerk baits, crank baits, and then all of a sudden they're just slamming slamming spinner baits like crazy, like it's going out of style. You really gotta try a lot of different things there and i guess we're up against the break here tom so uh i guess uh thanks for the call and good luck thanks guys yeah thank you yeah and we got to go to a quick break and when we come back i'm gonna uh, you maybe already know danny but i'm gonna tell our listeners what was the final uh the finals in the big uh, bass tournament up at the bay of green bay we'll tell you who won it and how much they won by we'll talk to you in just a few minutes so stay tuned don't go anywhere This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. And roll. Welcome back to the Wacky Walleyes Cutting Edge Outdoors presented by Baitmate Fish Attractant. And uh, Tom, before you get to your announcement here, I'm very excited to say that Governor Tony Evers finally did something. He proclaimed the week of May 16th to the 22nd as Wisconsin Bird Conservation Week, encouraging Wisconsinites to celebrate birds as natural tech treasures respect our shared habitats and reflect on their importance and i think the whole plan is for the birds myself but what do you got buddy okay <laughs> well uh the sturgeon bay open which is uh, a big big bass tournament a lot of uh a lot of big time bass fishermen fish that one and it was won by two canadian brothers i don't know their names but two canadian brothers won it I, I... 
And I think it's the Johnson brothers, and this is the yeah. third time they've won it. Yes, third time they've won it, and they won it with 55 pounds, three or yeah, 55.3 pounds. So basically, they had, or was it 53.5 pounds, something like that. But basically, you know, you're looking at a 5.3, 5.5 pound average. And there were some big fish caught. There was a seven plus pounder caught. So you know there were yeah, plenty seven. of fish caught in that three to four pound range. But you you better have a limit of five pounders if you want to be in that top five. Yeah, the uh, biggest bass was on day one, uh, seven pounds three ounces. I think that was also by those Canadian brothers. Um, they uh, they were the ones that years ago came in and uh, and they and they kicked everybody's tail and at that time they were using the black hair jigs and just retrieving them I believe just with a really slow straight retrieve now everybody and their brothers kind of doing that kind of stuff now and if you go to Howie's like I said they got the uh, the greatest hair jigs in the world tied there that'll cost you an arm and a leg uh, I actually gave my two that I bought for 20 bucks I gave them to my friend Ron um, he actually took 20, is it 20, 22nd or 26th? I can't remember, but he did finish in the money out of 143 boats. Uh, interesting. Now he, uh, he, he was using some different tactics and, um, he, uh, which will remain top secret. I got to keep quiet, but it's interesting. He said, uh, one of the other top teams up there, of course, are the local boys of uh, Brett Alexander and Eric Hadia, and he was fishing close to them, and he could see they were kind of looking over at him, and they could see that what he what he was doing in his boat was not what they were doing. So later on, he did get a text, or uh, yeah, I think it was text message from from Eric Hadia after the tournament to kind of ask him, oh, what what were you doing? Uh, what was that a so and so that you were throwing? Uh, and uh, I thought it kind of funny because you know how musky musky fishermen used to be like this where uh, you could have somebody, you know, as a young musky angler, when I didn't really know a whole lot, if I got lucky and caught a, a couple fish or did pretty good, I would have a veteran musky angler who was an expert, knew everything, pumping me for information. And you will get people that will pump you for information, but do you think they will ever tell you anything? That would be a no. So... <laughs> I thought it kind of funny that they're kind of asking Ron for information, and uh, and that's just the way it is in fishing. We all try and keep everything close to the vest, and then if we can, we kind of pump other people for information. My my best theory on doing that was uh, either either buy them a few beers and, and and wait wait after the sixth beer when they start to loosen up and you learn the truth, uh, or I used to do the old soft shoe with them where a guy would come into the bait shop. And they'd talk about, they show me a picture of his fish. And, and instead of me going, oh, yeah, look at mine, I just say, wow, you catch a lot of fish, man. I don't know how you do it. You really do a great job on that. And then they're going to go, after a while, they're going to go, well, here, just between me and you. And then they'll spill the beans on it. So that, that was the way I used to get information. Well, I know I don't know about this year, but the last few years, the hot bait up there was, uh, Oh, do you remember? I can't remember, Danny, what it was. It was made by Berkeley. It was uh, one of those uh, scented baits. I forget, an inchworm, was it, or an inch, or something about, or was it a leech-type imitator? 
Got it. Do you remember what those were? I we don't know. We talked about them last year. You're the bass guy. Uh, uh, I, I just can't remember. It was, and you couldn't buy them. No, everybody was out of them. They were selling. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That was in the fall. They were drop shotting those, I believe. I don't. Right? I don't know if they were drop shotting them. They might I, have been I, dragging them across the bottom as well. I, I think they were drop shotting them on the deep channel break. Uh, is what they were doing, and you're right. It was. It was. It's one of the Berkeley. You're right. One of the worms that they were out of. Um, but you know, it, it's interesting. Uh, I recently uh, was online trying to find a bait, and uh, when it's not in the stores, you know, eBay, eBay is one of the best resources to find stuff. Oh yeah. Uh, and and I'm not really an eBay kind of a guy, uh, but you can find things on eBay uh, that you may not find in a regular sporting goods store. But yeah, you're uh, you're right. That 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 worm or whatever it was, I can't remember. But that yeah, was I, I uh, can't remember it either. Maybe one of our listeners will remember it. Yeah, and they yeah. can call us at seven nine nine twelve fifty. That's four one four seven nine nine twelve fifty. Um another thing, uh speaking of Dork County, uh I was out on the on the big on the bay there and looked way high up on the bluff and saw this big structure. And I believe it's the new Eagle Tower at Peninsula State Park, which is now open. Now, uh, years, you know, for years they've had a tower there, but they had shut down the other one. Uh, I think it was uh, structurally inadequate or whatever. They didn't want to, you know, it's generally not good for business to have some tourists get killed. So now they've got this new one, and it's right up on Eagle Bluff, which is close to that Ephraim, and 60 feet high, Top observation deck, 253 feet above the Bay of Green Bay. And uh, so 250, it's like 100 yards. I'll tell you what, from the water, it looks like it's way higher than that. Uh, and 100 steps to get up there. Um, and Or there's an 800-foot fully accessible canopy walk to the top. So parks are open again. Uh, one thing, to Tom, uh, for our listeners... If you're looking to go up to northern Wisconsin, Dork County, wherever this year, get your reservations in for your motel, lodge, or whatever now. Because it's going to be crazy this year. Uh, even in May, on a weekday, when it, it's co- relatively not the greatest weather in the world, uh, you would think that a weekday you'd be able to get into a top quality restaurant without a line. Uh, Al Johnson's is the famous one, which normally has the goats on the roof. They don't have the goats there yet. I imagine they'll break those out Memorial Day. But uh, uh, my buddy went to stop there, I think, two, I don't know, Wednesday night, whatever. And uh, there was like a 45-minute wait during the middle of the week. It's not even tourist time yet. It's going to be crazy. Yeah, and, you know, they had one of those uh, towers, fire towers or whatever they called it, over at Pottawatomie State Park years ago and i i did go up there you know walked up to the top of it, it was pretty cool but uh, i think they closed it down a number of years ago due to you know the wooden structure starting to fall apart it had been up there for many years you know now i don't know if they rebuilt it or not maybe somebody knows if they did rebuild the one at potawatomi state park but that's pretty cool going up that high and looking at the surrounding areas you know it's pretty neat it, it, it's incredible up there. There's so much to see. Like you said, uh, looking down the clear water and seeing, 
shipwrecks. Uh, I actually near the stone quarry a couple years ago by the quarry launch uh, down by the ship canal area. It, there's a wreck down there that you can look down and see. Uh, right off of Bullhead Point, uh, you can look, go online and look at aerial photos. There's wrecks there. Cana uh, Island, which is kind of between Moonlight Bay and North Bay, they actually have a lighthouse, and there's a little kind of a peninsula that goes out there, which gets flooded underwater sometimes, but when it's not, you can go across that and get these tours of the, the lighthouse area, but there's a couple wrecks right off there. Uh, you you read the history. There's so many. There's been so many wrecks there over the years, both sides. Uh, it's just incredible, which basically tells you how incredibly powerful that the bay, you know, Lake Michigan, the Great Lakes, how how dangerous they can be. Yeah, the current is terrible. But one thing is not terrible are the ad, ads that we run every now and then. Uh, we've got great sponsors, have great products. We encourage you to uh, use their services if you need them. And right now, here on the Wacky Walleye's Cutting Edge Outdoors, we've got another quick break to take. Coming up next is the Gut Report. So stay tuned, folks. We'll be right back. Come here. I'm going to eat you. I'm bigger than you. I'm higher in the food chain. Get in my belly. The Gut Report is brought to you by Discount Liquor. Well, this morning, folks, we're going to talk about leaks. L-E-E-K, a leak. Well, it's not uh, something that happens to your faucet, you know, getting it. This is actually a vegetable. It's used to enhance the flavor of salads, soups, stews, and the like. Now, it's in the onion family, and it has a mild onion taste, and it's mildly sweet. What does it look like? Well, it kind of looks like a green onion on steroids. Anyway, the leeks, uh, they're, they're very delicious tasting. And here's a quick recipe. Cut off all the green leaves, even though you've got to pay for the darn things. Cut off the green leaves, quarter the leek, and then rinse it because we've got to rinse it well because it's in layers, and sometimes you can find sand or dirt in there. So rinse it off really good. So you cut and wash it. You chop it, dice it up, and you put it in the pan with butter. Fry it in the butter. Add a little salt. And when it's nice and soft, you eat it. It's, it is delicious. If you never try to leak, you might want to. I recommend it highly. The Gut Report is brought to you by Discount Liquor, where you'll find the best price, selection, and service at 51st and Oklahoma in Milwaukee and Main Street in Barstow in Waukesha. For weekly specials, go to discountliquorinc.com. to the Wacky Walleyes Cutting Edge Outdoors presented by Bait Made Fish Attracted. I'm Dan Bush along with Tom Neubauer and we got Sam, our producer, who we always appreciate in there, the hardest working guy in the building. Uh, we also thank our listeners, law enforcement, first responders, and military health care workers. We always thank them and all of our listeners near and far. And right now we have one of our near listeners. We've got Randy and Grafton on the line there, Thomas. All right. Good morning, Randy. Hey, good morning, guys. Listen, i got to chime in on, here on the Johnson Brothers. 
you know, I like to think a lot of these results, these guys who consistently play so high and win these tournaments, it's a bunch of luck. But right now, Chris Johnson is in second place in the elite uh, tournament, Bassmasters Elite Tournament, down in Gunnersville. After him and his brother win the smallmouth tournament up in Sturgeon Bay, um, these guys really are incredible and versatile fishermen. As you stated, they've won in the past. The third leg of the Canadian invaders, so to speak, is just Guff's. Jeff Gustafson, who I know pretty well, and in fact, I've sent you some information. I, I, I really think he'd be a great guest because these guys are not just bass fishermen. All of them are general all-around outdoorsmen who hunt fish and just happen to be um, in the Bass Elite Tournament and are all doing quite well. So they're just really incredible fishermen, and I'm really blown away at their versatility versatility and their ability to play so high. Um, by the way, um, a local guy, Caleb Cuphall, is in first place in that $100,000 tournament now. So Chris Johnson is in second, and Caleb, a local guy, who I think works part-time at Dick Smith, uh, is in first. Wow. And that's, that's, that's where, where's that going on in? Yeah, actually, uh, they will be showing the tournament value on a Roots for Caleb on Fox Sports 1. I think it starts at 7 this morning, and they've, um, they'll carry today and the final day tomorrow. But, yeah, Lake Gunners, though, i actually been down there. It's, um, it's uh, uh, well, well known for bass fishing and, and crappie fishing. But uh, what, yeah, state, uh, what state What state is that? What what state is that? Oh, Alabama. It is Alabama. Like yeah, Alabama. You know and... what what you what you say, Randy, about those Johnson brothers? Now I was talking with Ron, and I said, "What's the deal with these Canadian guys in this Sturgeon Bay tournament?" And he said, "Well, he said uh, they're from Canada. He says I they probably fish these type of conditions and these type of lakes similar to the Bay of Green Bay up there." But that doesn't explain how they're doing so doggone good in Alabama now for largemouth. Uh, and that's, that's the purpose of my call, because I am truly uh, blown away at their ability to pick up on, when, when was that tournament, the 15th and 16th, and then on uh, what is today, May 22nd, be down in Alabama and uh, having a chance uh, to win the tournament. Uh, just, just incredible versatility to fish those kind of waters. And, yeah, there's no excuse. I know a couple, I know, uh, a couple guys who interviewed uh, them after winning the bass tournament years ago, and they told me uh, that, you know, it, it's like you said, slowly one of the main techniques, not the only one, main techniques was dragging Ned rigs and hair jigs very slowly across the bottom. And one comment uh, Johnson Brothers made is they don't care whether he gets moss on or, or algae or whatever. 
they and and the one guy said I just I was in the boat with them and I just could not duplicate um, how slow they were dragging the bait. So instinctually, I guess it goes again. And I don't know whether they're using that sec- that same technique because obviously they're very versatile. Um, Chris right now is in second throwing a topwater bait down in Alabama. So, but yeah, it's it's just it's just uh, it's just a testimony to how good I, anyone is is when they can fish multiple kinds of water and have that level of success. Yeah, you're right, Randy, and we appreciate the call. Yeah, those guys are okay. doing terrific. So uh, give us another call when you hear more, okay? Oop, he's Thanks, gone. Thanks, Randy. Oh, okay. Uh, I want to let everybody know that at 7 o'clock we have a special guest going to be calling. Larry Burse is affiliated with the Lions Club of Cudahy, and they got a big fundraiser going on, and he's going to tell us all about it at 7 o'clock. So that's uh, Larry Burse at 7. Anyway, hey, Danny, you got anything else on the line? Uh, yeah, but you know, Caleb, he mentions Caleb. I think oh, yeah, Gillespie, yeah. I think John Gillespie's gone out with Caleb before. Seems to me I've Is seen that the him. Caleb who go, he goes on Lake Michigan with? I I don't know, but I, 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 I recall that seeing is, a that's Caleb. The only I Caleb I know that John that Gillespie's gone out with. I'm just kind of wondering, I'm guessing, if he works at Dick Smith's. Interesting. Well, it'd be good to see a local boy uh, yeah. do well and... Uh, Beat those doggone Canadians. Well, I can't say that. I'll be a racist. Uh, no, actually, we like we like the Canadians. They're our allies. They're our friends. Uh, we like everybody here on the Wacky Walleyes Cutting Edge Outdoors. God bless to all. But anyway, it's still good to see a local guy win. Yeah, it is. And, and you know, so oftentimes uh, there, there's, there's uh, ang- you know, we hear a lot. Of, most of these uh, pro bass anglers are from down south. You know the majority of them, and every now and then somebody really good comes from, uh, you know, the northern climates. You know, like up uh, Wisconsin, Minnesota, Michigan, and stuff like that. But you know, the thing is, is that there's a lot of good fishermen up here. But you know, you got to have time and money to fish those big tournaments. You know, down south. And I mean, let's face it. You know, if you know if you got a family and all that, sometimes you can't always do that. You know, um, you know, but. It's just one of those things, you know, that uh, takes, like anything in life, a lot of times, takes some time and money and some drive to do that. And uh, I congratulate these guys who do do it because it's not an easy life, you know, those big and, and, tournaments. They're not I, easy. I, 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 believe, I believe they're legit. Now, years ago in the Muskie tournament, there were a couple of guys that would always just do, like, unbelievably well. I'd always hear their names, and I'd go, well, what's the deal with these guys? Something's up. Well, those guys, I believe, were eventually caught actually cheating, and it was oh, a big, yeah. big, in, sca- in big scandal. Yeah, that that was that was a big scandal. Yeah. I, I don't, you sure, you know, I don't believe that's the case with these guys, you know. But then no. sometimes you look, if it's too good to be true, it is too, you know. If it looks too good to be true, it is too good to be true. But you know, obviously, you're I, again. I don't. I'm not saying that about these guys. Um, but uh, I guess your hat's off to them. They're doing pretty darn good. Yeah, and, you know, what, what shows how good they are is that they're doing well in various situations, various parts of the country, you know, various lakes, various species of bass, you know. I mean, so that, that's not luck. That, that's, well, you know what luck is? Luck is preparation meeting with opportunity. 
these guys are prepared, and when the opportunity presents itself to catch those fish, they're, they're prepared, prepared, and they take advantage of it. And right now, we got to take advantage of another break. Coming up next, folks, is the Hornschwaggle, where you can win a $10 gift certificate to Carl's Country Market over there in Menominee Falls on the corner of Pilgrim and Silver Spring. A lot of great choices out there when it comes to meat and many other things. And, of course, Baitmate Fish Attractants. You get a nice prize package from Baitmate and Coleman Insect Repellents. So you can win a $10 gift certificate to Carl's, a prize package from Baitmate and Coleman. Man, you don't want to miss this. So if you want to be a contestant, and remember, if you've won in the last couple months, don't bother calling. Sam the man is keeping track of who has. So give somebody else a chance. And you can be a contestant by calling right now at 414-799-1250. That's 414-799-1250. Right here on the Wacky Walleyes Cutting Edge Outdoors. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Walleyes, Cutting Edge Outdoors, presented by Baitmate Fish Attractant. Right now we have our world-famous, much-anticipated, heck, we're bigger than Jeopardy, the Hornswoggle segment, in honor of the world's greatest hornswoggler and bamboozer, bamboozler, Mr. Haney. I've got a tractor to sell, Mr. Douglas. Here we are. we got a contestant there, Sam. Yep, today we got Mark and Franklin. Mark and Franklin. How are you doing, Mark? Yeah, good morning. Very good. How you doing? Doing good. Doing good. Doing any fishing yet this year? No, unfortunately not. We went camping this last week, though, and uh, we were up the Peninsula Park in April. That's a beautiful park. That gets over a million visitors a year. Wow. In fact, I was talking to somebody recently who was trying to find a spot at Peninsula Park in like, uh, geez, I don't know, like in a couple months or weeks, anyway, long time from now, and there were only a couple of spots left. They didn't have yeah. many choices. We went to Southern Kettle Marine Camping at, at Ottawa Lake, and it's like all the weekends are completely booked through July already. Wow. 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 So did you uh, do you attempt camp, or do you have like some type of a vehicle? Tent. We bought a new tent this year, of course, it had a rain. But it was so good, but we're not 30 years old anymore, so it's kind of hard. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I was camping this week yeah, up in, uh, you know, the wagon wheel, 
Wagon Wheel Campground uh, is like it's like the it's like the best campground in the world. Um, they are just uh, a, a, a husband and wife run it. Tim and Kathy, real great people, and what a beautiful! It's like 200 acres. It's right by Rowley's Bay, and Ron Johnson, who travels travels the U.S. camping a lot because he's done a lot of tournaments and will often camp. He said it's the best campground he's ever seen. So. Um, great shower, toilet facility. So now I'm making it even harder for myself to get reservations there by telling the world about Wagon Wagon Wheel Campground up there. Well, you don't have to worry about me, Danny, because I'm not a camper. As a matter of fact, my idea of roughing it is going to the motel that does not have a hot tub. Well, guess what? It's hard to get a motel. Hard to get a motel now, too. So, But I won't tell the listeners my secret motels because they'll have no place to stay. I'll, I'll be sleeping in my truck. Of course, as a young lad, I used to do that all the time. You'd take a fishing trip. You didn't think about lodging. Who's thinking about lodging? You just sleep in your truck. Yep. Okay, Mark, I'll quit yakking. We'll go through the horn swoggle. Now, you know how it works. If I make a statement that, and, I'm, and I'm pulling your leg, it's a horn swoggle. If I'm speaking truth, it's no horn swoggle. So here we go. Today's topic topic is in honor of Tom, turkeys. Uh, no, I'm not calling Tom a turkey. Just kidding. Um, so turkeys, here we go. Uh, trophy male turkeys are often kind of judged by both their weight and their length of their beard. Hornswoggle or no hornswoggle? That's a hornswoggle. No, that's a no hornswoggle. Mm-hmm. No hornswoggle. Uh, well, Spurs is one of them as well. Yeah, I, I was going to say Spurs, but oftentimes they mention the weight and beard as well. Okay, you're okay. But that's all right. You still just get the next two. Male turkeys are referred to as a tom. Hornswoggle or no hornswoggle? No hornswoggle. No hornswoggle. Okay. And though wild turkeys can be good to eat, their legs are notorious tough so most people prefer the breasts hornswoggle or no hornswoggle that's uh, no hornswoggle no hornswoggle very good mark all right, we got a winner. All right good so we, we appreciate you listening tell friends about the show and here's the deal now i will mail your ten dollar certificate so you can get over to carl's country market to get some delicious nutritious meats and snacks but uh, i'll also email our good friends at uh, Baitmate and Coleman Insect Repellents, and they'll send you, oh, whatever they select is your prize. They don't always get it out right away. I'll email them the information, but hold tight. That should be coming at some point as well. And uh, once again, congratulations. We'll let you get go on hold here, and Sam will get your address. Yeah, thank you. Great show, guys, huh? All right. Thank thanks, man. Thank you. Bye now. All right. So, yeah, I, I never really was much into camping, you know? Uh, I, I camped out a few times, you know, and I, I didn't, I mean, I, I like the pond fire at night. I don't mind cooking on the grills, you know, outdoors. That's fine. It's just sleeping on the ground, you know, in that tent. I don't know. I just didn't care for it. Well, you know, I, uh, I, I got a little tent and I got a Coleman tent, I might add, and it's a real nice one. Um, and I shoot, I, I maybe I paid sixty bucks for it. Doesn't leak, easy to set up. I really like it. Now, everybody that I go camping with, they get their own tents, right? And they all got air mattresses. Me, I just put 
bunch of you know bunch of big uh, comforters, sleeping bag, mm -hmm. pile mm -hmm. one on the floor on the ground I mean and then a couple covering me up I snuggle up in there and uh, even though it's uneven bumpy ground uh, my back is bulletproof it doesn't bother me I sleep great so um, you know maybe yeah, that's from all yeah, the you years can get, you can get uh, cots uh, blow up uh, mattresses or they've got these really nice mattresses it's it's almost like uh, sleeping on a bed mattress you know that has uh, autumn, uh, they got electrical blow-ups instead of you having to blow it up yourself, you know, with, with some wind power. It, you, you can, uh, you know, hook it up to the car, um, to the uh, cigarette outlet, you know, in the car, and, you know, electrically it'll, it'll blow it up for you. You know, they got some real nice ones out there. Well, that's what Ron has. He had a, uh, elect a automatic the air, air mattress would blow up. Now, when he got up there, he realized that his tent was in Arizona, or I don't know, Michigan. That's where he lived. He's in Michigan now. They moved from Arizona. And so he borrowed his tournament partner's t tent. And this is a big tent, right? And Ron was going, wow, this thing's beautiful. I got all this room in, in there. So his wife joined him uh, the other day there at the campground, and she was like, you know, all these years I'd meet Ron and have this little tent where you like, you, you crouch down trying to put your pants on in the tent or you're laying flat on your back trying to pull your pants on or take them off and dress. And now he, she's in this big tent with him. You can stand up. You can move around. It's got all kinds of room. She says, first thing you're doing when we get out of here is you're going to go buy a tent like this. No more <laughs> of these little tents. Why are we roughing it in those things? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's got a, it's like a big Taj Mahal. I open it up. I mean, he's got like a big, the big air mattress there. There's room. There's stuff off to the side. Whereas me and my little tent, yeah, I got everything all packed all around me. Clothes here, bottle of water here, flashlight here, phone here. And then in the middle of the night, when, you know, duty calls, you're fumbling around in the dark, trying to find your flashlight, stumbling out, crawling out the door. Uh, yeah, so I can see why having a bigger tent or take the Tom Neubauer method and just don't camp at all. Yeah, well, you know, when a lot of times people don't realize when they're first-time campers, you know, they look at these tents and they say a four-person tent. But those four-person tents are not, I mean, yeah, you can put four people into them packed in like sardines. But basically a four-person tent is like a three-person tent because you got to remember you got to have room to move around a little bit. You got to have room. You might have luggage in there. You know, you might your duffel bag or whatever. You know, you got to have room to put stuff. Uh, a three-person tent to me is more like a two-person tent. You know, I always tell people go down one. You know, if it says four, think three. If it says three, think two. If it you know, says six, think five. <laughs> that's you know that's great advice, Tom. And you work at a Sherpers, which has lots of tents. You know, I think the people that rate those tents for how many people it'll fit are the same people that put the numbers on the seats at Lambeau Field and expect one butt on each on each number and it's always way too small. You're wedged in because there's some, you know, overweight people, especially yep, in winter yep. during winter you know, when everybody's bundled up, it sucks, man. You're all you're stuck in there like a sardine. It is. And speaking of Sherpers, I gotta let you and everybody else know that Next week, Friday, is my last day. I'm not going to be working there anymore, so next week, Friday, is my last day at Sherpers. Wow. So, 
That's it, Tom. What you're calling it a career there? Yep. They, yep. They're going to get yep. like a gold watch or something. No, uh, no, no. I don't. I doubt it. Ceremony. Give me that. I think I'll come. I think they'll just give me a kick in the rear end and say, uh, "Don't come back." No. <laughs> wow. Who are? How can they ever replace Tom? Hardbottom Neubauer uh, out at Sherpa. Anybody can be replaced. What do you mean, anybody? Anybody can be replaced at anything. Except unless, of course, you're Muhammad Ali, then you can't be replaced, you know, or something like that. But otherwise, everybody can be replaceable. But you know what time it is, Danny? I don't know. Time time, time for 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 our 7 o'clock break. Yep, time for the second hour of power with Dan Bush and me, Tom Neubauer. And uh, we're going to go to this uh, top of the hour break, and we'll be right back with more folks, so don't run away. The following is paid commercial programming. The content and opinions expressed do not necessarily reflect those of WSSP, Entercom Milwaukee, its staff, or sponsors. From Lake Michigan to the Mississippi, and every river, lake, and field in between, let's talk everything outdoors. Aboard! Ha <laughs> ha! Crazy train. <laughs> Welcome to the Wacky Walleye Cutting Edge Outdoors Show. Fasten your seatbelts for a wild ride through Wisconsin's outdoors. Only on 12:50 a.m. The Fan. Well, welcome back, folks, for the second hour of the of the Wacky Walleyes Cutting Edge Outdoors. We do appreciate you hanging around with us this morning. We come to you every Saturday morning from 6 to 8 a.m., and if you want to be part of the show, just give us a call at 414-799-1250, or you can always email us live at ceoguys at yahoo.com. And right now we have Larry Burse on the line. He's uh, with the Lions Club of Cudahy, and they got a fundraiser going on. Good morning, Larry. Hey, good morning. It's uh, Larry Burst. You must talk to Lombardo too much. Oh, didn't I say Burst? I thought you said Burstine. No. Oh, no, no. I just said Burst. Okay. I got it written down in front of me, Larry. <laughs> okay. Well, that don't mean you could still screw it up, Tom. Yeah, that's true. I could. So, Larry, <laughs> tell us all, all about the fundraiser you got hey, going on. It's all going to be a good time at Joe's K Ranch. We're uh, doing a burger bash. As you know, all the local charities have, you know, really taken a hit during the pandemic. So we're going to donate all proceeds that we take in from every burger sold, cheeseburger, hamburger, at the K Ranch Tuesday, 11 a.m. till 8 p.m. And uh, all of all the money taken in will go right to the Cudahy Lions and all their charities that they they have that they're involved with. So, and we got live music. Miller sounds specials, like a real party. Outdoor music. Yep. Hopefully the weather cooperates, but uh, I'll even be doing the grilling outside if we get decent weather. So okay, and and where exactly is this place? Is K, K Ranch? You said Joe's K Ranch. We're at uh, forty-eight forty South Whitnell Avenue in Cudahy. Okay, been there since nineteen fifty-eight. All right, and we won the best burger on the Burger Trail in Neon, Milwaukee. We received uh, forty-eight out of fifty points, and we were named the top burger out of fifty burgers. Wow, I'd like a burger tested. right now. Yeah, I would. You know, I'm kind of hungry now just talking about it, Tom. <laughs> but it's yeah, all good, sounds, all good fun for the Cudahy Lions Club. That sounds great. Right. And, of course, you got refreshments there. Oh, plenty of refreshments. Yeah. Well-stocked bar. All right. And, well, that uh, sounds terrific. 
we're also raffling off a summer grill package worth $225 in value with steaks and porterhouse pork chops and Polish sausage from CR Market. So we, we've got a big, big deal going on here at the K. And uh, that's going to be next week, Tuesday, or this coming Tuesday? Yep, Tuesday, May 25th, starts at 11. You can buy raffle tickets all day. We'll have drawing at 8 p.m. for the fantastic beat board. All right. Well, Larry, thanks for giving us an update yeah. on that. We appreciate it. Hope it works well for you. Hey, have a great day, and thanks for having me on. All right. You, you take care, Larry. Yep, bye. Okay, bye now. Well, Danny, there's another place for us to go. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Um, I actually have a uh, little get-together, I think, today with some uh, some friends, former uh, uh, teacher friends of mine, hoping this weather. What's the forecast for today? Uh, it's supposed to be pretty nice most of the day. There might We might get a few sprinkles. I, last night they said around 10 o'clock this morning. Later on this morning, a few sprinkles, maybe. Maybe. Okay. You know. well, is, this, is that sun going to peak out for us? Yeah, it's supposed to supposed to be out, but uh, but it well it's going to be what what do they mean by partially cloudy or partially sunny? Isn't that the same thing? You know? Yeah, I guess I guess <laughs> if you said partially sunny, you're the glasses half full guy. Yeah. If you say partially cloudy, you're the glasses half empty guy. Right, and um, so but yeah, just a few light sprinkles they said are possible later on this morning. Also, before I forget, I want to thank uh, many of our listeners. I got some cards and emails and, and letters, uh, uh, you know, some sympathy cards and so forth. Uh, so I, I really appreciate all the support from our listeners out there. Uh, just kind of thanks to everybody. I wanted to put that out there before I forget today. Uh, also, Tom, uh, apparently the DNR has the 2020 wildlife survey results now available. And you can actually go on and get some, you know, look, check on different surveys. Now, it's interesting. They got a, uh, a pheasant, uh, a ringneck pheasant uh, in flight over the Goose Lake Wildlife Area in Dane County at the header of this. And I look down here at the surveys. I don't see any survey about pheasants here. But here's one. Uh, they've got a sharp-tailed grouse harvest and hunter survey. That would be one I'd be interested in, Tom, because I have no idea where I'd go to get a sharp-tailed grouse. Have you ever got one before? I don't think. I've shot at them, but never hit one. Oh, <laughs> so, okay. You shot. So, well, no. where, did you sh- where did you shoot at them? We, we were uh, up north, and there was an area. It was by some people's land that my brother knew. And we were actually, we, we were hunting more for rabbits than anything else. And uh, those things, we were in the woods, and, man, when they came out of there, a covey of them, you didn't know which way to go. They were, they were to the left, to the right, straight, up, down. I mean, it, were, it was crazy. And they say, no. they say, don't just, you know, you're supposed to pick out a bird and aim at it. I didn't do that. I just lifted up and just shot in an area where I thought they were. I mean, it happened so fast, you know. Now, so. you sure you sure those were sharp tails and not woodcock? Well, you know, I, I, no, they weren't woodcock. They were one kind of grouse. Could have been, I don't know what kind of grouse they were, but they were grouse. Okay. At, le- at least that's what I was told at the time. Okay, well, they probably were. Sharp- I don't know whether sharp-tailed grouse are, are birds of the open prairie or if they are like forests, like the rough grouse. I don't know. Grouse. Could have been a rough grouse, you know. Oh, well, rough grouse you would know because they go, you know, oh, yeah, you hear that. The- they made that sound. They made that, yeah, weird sound when they were taken off, yeah. Well, those were rough grouse. 
Yeah, probably. Okay. So I you don't. You got no experience with rough truth, grouse. I, to tell you the truth, I couldn't tell you the difference between a rough and a sharp tail. I couldn't. Uh, I couldn't tell the difference. I can tell a rough grouse. Can you? You know, it's interesting. The rough grouse in the spring uh, will do their drumming, which is really cool. Um, you know, I, I remember being on the bear stand uh, up in 1988 up in Ontario, Canada, and you'd hear this this drumming. And I actually had one land below my tree, and I actually observed it doing it. it it's it's really cool. It hard to de, hard to describe it, but it, you'll know it when you hear the hear it. And that I think that's how they do part of the counts for the rough right. grouse right. is by the number of drumming what that they hear. Uh, here's some of the other surveys they have: uh, black bear damage and nuisance complaints, uh, chronic wasting disease in Wisconsin deer 2020. Now I may look at that one. Deer ages and condition. Yeah, I might look at that as well. Um, and they've got some other ones. So some I- I- interesting. Uh, Wisconsin bald eagle nest survey. You know the bald eagle population. Unbelievable. What a success story. How they've exploded. Truly beautiful to see bald eagles. When you're deer hunting, um, you know, flying over during the, in November, who would have ever, ever thought, you know, you'd be in the middle of some farm field and you see a bald eagle. But, you know, the eagles, you'll often see them, they'll hit the gut piles from the deer, and you'll oftentimes have to be careful you don't hit one with your vehicle because, like, for the roadkill deer, you'll see them on top of those as well. Yeah, and if you're in northern Wisconsin fishing the you know multitude of lakes up in northern Wisconsin, you'll see them all over the place up there, all over. Yeah, they are uh, they are truly something something to, to behold. And right? big. You know they're you know those mature eagles they're big. You yeah, know, they're big. You don't realize how big they are until one's standing close to you, you know, and it's like my goodness, they're large birds. I, I did see one time, I was, I think I was with Steve Milliot at the time, and I think it was Lake of the Woods, no, Vermilion. We were on Vermilion, back behind an island, and we heard this terrible ruckus. We heard two eagles cackling, and we watched two eagles, and it was really an aerial battle. It was unbelievable. And then the one kind of took off. I think the one had might have had a fish, I don't know if it had a fish in its talons or not, but... The one eagle did not like the other eagle being there, and uh, they were mixing it up. They were going to the mat, by golly. But uh, it's it's really cool to see them. Another observation here, Tom, being as you know, you you haven't probably you know gotten off you know for a bridge report lately. Awful lot of dead deer this last oh I don't know month or so along the highways. I mean I'm seeing as many dead deer now as I see during the fall, during the rut. And I guess this is the time of year, spring and that fall period around the rut, when there are more, is uh, is more roadkill. Interesting thing is, most all of them are small deer. And I, I, I might be wrong on this, but I believe I read somewhere that after the winter time, then a lot of the younger deer might kind of disperse to establish kind of their own range. So like those two little fawns that if they and mama lived through the gun deer season together, maybe uh, those two young ones now, they're not fawns anymore. They're a yearling. They're no, they're too old to hang around with mama now. They're kind of booted out. Mama's probably having some new babies now. And, uh, and they disperse to find their own territories. And I think that's why you see a whole lot of small deer dead alongside the road right now. Yeah, I have been seeing a few here and there. That's it. That's right. You're right. You know, I did want to mention to people that um, some people, you know, 
their boat doesn't fit quite right in their garage, that they got to put the boat on an angle to get it in the garage, and then they don't have room for their vehicle. Well, my son had that problem, and he fixed it by going to Dave's Turf and Marine out by Watertown. They put uh, a swing tongue on the front. In other words, they, they cut that, that length of the trailer, the tongue length. They cut that, and then they put these brackets on so that you can actually swing that tongue and save two to three feet. So, you know, if your garage, if your boat doesn't fit straight back in your garage, you can alleviate that problem by getting a swing tongue over at Dave's Turf and Marine. I just thought I'd let people know that. Because, that, uh, you know, sometimes you buy a boat and that tongue is so long, it just doesn't fit in your normal type garage, you know. You know, that, Tom, that's actually a fantastic tip. Now, I have an easy loader trailer, um, and it's my second one that I have. It's the same model that came with the boat in 2005, and mine does have that swing trailer, and I, I love it. Now, I don't have a garage, but when I even park it in the parking lot, I, you know, you get a lot of meatheads out here driving around that'll bang into stuff, you know, when you're talking near a yeah. boat launch. You get yeah. some people who might not be the most skilled in the world and uh just that extra whatever three and a half feet where it's not sticking out into the parking lot gives me a little sense of uh sense of relief the other thing too speaking as a guy who had a boat stolen years ago although we recovered it we caught the guy down the street um cop called the, the fine police officers um and anyway uh i i do feel that if you have that swing trailer and you you cl- close it, and there's a pin that you use to yep. when you when you swing it back out. Pull that pin out. Uh, I think, and I also put a padlock on my on my hitch now. But just the fact that that they can see that, they're like, well, you know, that's one more obstacle to them just having to just hook it up and take off. You know what I mean? Right. Right. Yeah. So yeah, good suggestion, just, Tom. Yeah. I didn't. I I didn't know that a dealership would actually do that after after the fact. Oh yeah, yeah. They, they and I'll tell you what they did a great job too. Uh, swings real easily, you know, and all that. But I mean, you can buy them with the string tongue, swing tongue already adapted to the trailer. But if you don't have it and you want it, yeah, Dave's Turf and Marine can do it. Uh, good tip, Tom. So anyway, we got to go to another quick break. He's Dan Bush. I'm Tom Neubauer. Sam Schmitz is on the boards. We'll be right back with more right here on the Wacky Walleyes Cutting Edge Outdoors. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor, you are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Born to be wild. 
welcome back to the Wacky Walleyes Cutting Edge Outdoors presented by Bait Mate Fish Attract and whatever you do. Don't forget the bait mate when you get out there on the water, my friends. So, what do you got uh, cooking now? Danny, have you seen those uh, bluegills out in front of your place yet? And those I, you know feet? what? I uh, I haven't done the peer report yet. I got back no. into town yesterday, unpacked my stuff, went to my favorite place uh, to go have uh, roasted chicken, Park Avenue Pizza. Go get some of their roasted chicken. It's almost as good as the Crow's chicken up in Green Bay, probably even better. And uh, don't forget, they've got trivia tonight as well. Saturday trivia. Smart guys like Tom, you do good at trivia because you're a genius, eh? Yeah, um, right, but yeah. no, I haven't taken a walk out there uh, as of yet. Uh, another thing, uh, I believe uh, I got a, uh, uh email about the Wisconsin uh, elk hunt application period. I think that's going on now where you can send in $10 and you get a chance to win, I don't know, one of five tags or whatever. I don't know the exact number. Now, me personally... I thought I'd have as much chance of winning the Powerball, so I'll take 10 bucks and just buy some Powerball tickets. Uh, my brother used to pay the $10, and I guess probably goes towards a habitat, but I just got no faith in winning that uh, elk hunt application. I don't know about you, or does your son does does your son apply at all? Do you know? I don't think so, but Danny, if you got if you did you if you got that uh, application, you'd have to get a bigger freezer if you got an elk. <laughs> That's true, Bill. Yeah. Yes, I would need a, uh, I would need a, uh, um, a bigger freezer, but I would gladly buy a big freezer for some delicious, nutritious elk meat in the freezer. Elk is good. I have had it. I'm sure you've had it as well, Tom. Yes, I have. Yes. How about moose? Have you had moose? No, no. I've had moose. No yeah. moose. I had moose. It was Moose Joe's. Uh, my buddy Stan Critcher at Stan's Lounge on Elizabeth Street up in Green Bay at the, by the uh, labor union. He used to have a nice little place, uh, made great burgers, but he had uh, a big party after he shot a moose, and he made moose joes. They were sloppy joes out of moose meat. Pretty darn oh. good. Um, I was going to say about uh, Door County, uh, a lot of people, uh, you know, you know, they think when they think of wine, they think of France and Italy and places like that, and... But I'll tell you what, Door County makes some terrific wine, especially their cherry wines and apple wines and that. Uh, you know, Door County is a great place for cherry growers. Of course, they've got the orchards, but there's orchards all over. But uh, their, their cherry season, I mean, they, they do a terrific job, and they make some awesome cherry wines from Door County. And so if people are looking for a, a getaway weekend, if they can find a room in Door County, you go up to Door County and you take those wine tasting tours. You know, you go to the different wineries and check out what uh, they have to offer. Yeah, you know, I've never been a connoisseur of the wines, but evidently the wine can be pretty expensive, right? No, actually, no, not really. I mean, yeah, sure, there are some wines that are very expensive, but Generally, uh, like a door, a really good Door County wine, uh, it runs maybe about ten bucks, twelve bucks, something like that a bottle. I mean, they're not real expensive, um, and they're and if you like a, a little bit sweeter wine, they're delicious. They really are. They're just fantastic. You know, I'll I'll tell you that Door County really is something. I mean, as far as wow, you want to talk about a, a you know a, 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 par, a paradise for 
tourists to go up to. They got everything up there. And uh, you know what's what is pretty refreshing though. The locals are really nice people up there that I've bumped into. You know, sure they got their businesses that get crazy busy this time of year. Uh, there's uh, several old guys have coffee at the one place we stop for breakfast in the morning. They're contractors, you know, and bi- building is going crazy up there. Um, you know, every everything's going, but they're you know they're down to earth. And you know, one nice thing I kind of like that they still kind of are eight to fivers up there, like the Piggly Wiggly. When I went to try and go there, you know, a couple of years ago, that closes at eight, nine o'clock. It's not like it's open till midnight. Um, it used to be I drive trying to find a gas station at six in the morning to get a cup of coffee. I couldn't even find one. Um, oh. You know, they kind of go by the beat of their own drum there. So it's still kind of eight to five, even in the tourist season. Now in the winter time, tell you what, it gets kind of desolate up there, just like northern Wisconsin. Sure. Everything kind of shuts down. Um, but I mean. If you like to fish and if you like to hunt, um, there's some big bucks up there in Door County. Uh, where I camped, tell you what, a lot of wildlife around there. Uh, while you could at the campground there, you can hear the waves crashing into Rowley's Bay. Uh, each night, at, at least one time, you'd hear the coyotes start to howl. Now, this year, I didn't hear them going crazy where they're yipping and yapping, which I, I've heard that's when they're on a kill and that's when they're going crazy with excitement and uh you know maybe make few uh, you know i mentioned something to a gal at the campsite about well they probably got a little fawn and oh boy that that wasn't the thing to say that kind of made her feel bad but that's probably what they're preying on this time of year i'm thinking with that would be prime prey because there are a lot of deer i'd hear a town turkey gobbling uh in the morning several times he's letting the females know he's around uh the frogs are singing at night which trans transitions to the birds singing in the morning. It's kind of uh, one chorus leads to another. And um, and then we heard an owl hooting one night. So it's really, that's one aspect of the camping, Tom, that I do enjoy, just hearing the wildlife. You know, a lot of people never experience that. Yeah, that's true. And my uh, one of my nieces, a friend of hers, and well, she lives up there. Uh, she uh, has, uh, her friend owns a bed and breakfast. And to tell you the truth, I can't remember what town it's in. <laughs> I just can't think of it for the life of me. I'm going to well, have to uh, ask my wife later on today. So who owns that? It's a friend? Well, or... it's a friend of my niece, and my niece friend? lives up there. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, wow. Yeah, great. Yeah, great. So, yeah it's, it's, it's pretty nice, you know. But, well, you know, she's got to do a As a matter of fact, I think one of my other nieces went up there to live with her for a while too you know so i got a couple nieces up there you know while i was up there i did bump into a game warden and as you know we're friends of the game wardens we've had uh from kyle to matt to marcus to uh what the other friend of your sons i think um we've had a number of them in the studio and uh you know by and large you know i think the game wardens do do a good job they've got a tough job to do out there and um, and I know right now I've gotten uh, they're trying to recruit and get more game wardens because there's kind of a shortage. So if you're a young person, you like the outdoors, maybe being a game warden would be the way to go. But it's kind of funny. I, I pulled out of Clark Lake and I was checking my text messages alongside the road. Boat was all hooked up. I had everything buttoned down, ready, ready to just take off down the country road. But I'm, I'm so I'm pulled off on the shoulder 
and I see this black truck coming down the road. And you know what, Tom? It just looked like a warden. Even, <laughs> I don't know, just this black truck. Uh, I think it had uh, running lights on top of it, but it wasn't a brand new truck, but it was, you know, obviously a big four-wheel drive truck. And sure enough, the guy slowing down, and I'm thinking, this guy's going to talk. And sure enough, uh, he's in uniform, had the window down, saw his uh, patch, and, uh, and sure enough, it was the warden. So he goes, hey, how's the fishing? So I talked to him a little bit, and as it turns out, it was a warden that I had met about 10 years ago uh, at Little Sturgeon at the boat launch. And at the time, uh, I had gotten his card because I said, hey, can we give you a call sometime and find out, you know, what's going on up on the Door County? Because, you know, a lot of times the game wardens, I mean, they got their finger on the pulse of what's going on and yeah. where, you know, because they're out and about. And they can tell you what they're catching. So, uh, yeah, yeah he, say, he said to me, he says, yeah, you do look, re- uh, you do look familiar. Uh, so I had a nice talk with them. And, you know, the game wardens, I think the, the, the DNR game wardens used to kind of have a reputation like the Wisconsin State Patrol, where it was kind of like, tell it to the judge, buddy. Uh, you know, you don't have your T crossed or your I dotted. I'm giving you a fine. But yeah. I, I really think that they've uh, done a good job of trying to be more uh, consumer, recreational, user friendly with the general public. Yeah, I believe they are because... I mean, there still might be a few wardens out there that go are just when it comes to the rule book, book just see black and white. But I think more and more see those gray areas, and uh, you know they they they. Let's put it this way: I think they're becoming a more uh, kinder, friendlier DNR wardens. You know, which which is good because you know we don't want little kids getting scared of the DNR guy. You know. Uh, or getting mad at the DNR guy because he gave Daddy a ticket for something that maybe he shouldn't have, you know. So no, I think it's good. Yeah, I think wardens are doing a really good job right now. Yeah, we don't want to brainwash the kids against. Bad enough we're brainwashing kids that police are bad now. Yeah, you know, exactly. We're messing up enough people I mean, in this yeah. this crazy country as it is. But don't get me started on that one. But uh, I think we got to go to break. When we come back, I do yeah. have a game warden story, Tom. Another All one. All right. I'll, I'll tell you what. You tell a story, and I'll tell a story. Maybe they'll both be humorous enough. Okay? That sounds good. <laughs> All right, folks. We'll be right back with more of the Wacky Wallace Cutting Edge Outdoors with Dan Bush and myself, Tom Neubauer. Stay tuned. To the crazy, the wild, the wacky walleyes, Cutting Edge Outdoors, presented by Baitmate Fish Attractant. Thanks for listening. We got another segment, our final, well, next to final segment on the crazy train today. Thanks for getting on board. And before we talk my warden story and yours, Tom, just want to mention we had gotten a call from one of our listeners, talk to Sam. Apparently, he's got a bunch of, he or she has a bunch of baby or small turkeys, baby turkeys, young turkey, whatever you want to call them in the yard with no sign of mama. They were wondering whether they should call somebody. Now, I don't pretend to be the expert on baby turkeys and the life and families of turkeys, but I would probably suggest just doing nothing because I've gone where I've seen baby turkeys 
and mama might be close by but not necessarily right next to them and i don't know what the mortality rate is for baby turkeys i'm thinking a baby turkey probably uh well it's not like a baby fawn if that's still nursing on mama uh I, as far as i know like i said i'm not a bird expert but i don't think uh i don't think baby turkeys are are, are nursing uh, they're probably they're eating just uh, bur pellets, seeds, whatever they can find vegetation, and I'm guessing they'll probably be okay just if you leave them on your own on their own. You know, it, yeah, it. Um, you know, you're right that the mama turkey might not be too far be around. You know, I mean, not too far away, and uh, we might think that the baby turkeys are are all alone and mama's not around, but she very well might be. You know, you just don't see her and. Uh, but I'll tell you, one of my brother-in-laws, he, he raised turkeys for a while, and, you know, they they can be like a pet almost, you know, uh, when you raise them in the house and all that. Yeah, they, they can be very friendly. Uh, so, but, yeah, I would leave them, I would recommend, yeah, just leave them alone. Mama's probably around, and... Uh, Let's I, hope she is, you know. And I and I I would avoid the temp temptation to start trying to feed them and all this yeah. because then you're going to get them dependent upon you, and you got to let them go off. And I don't know if turkeys are like other, you know, other species. I believe will sometimes uh, will uh, like adopt. There might be a, a mother of another brood or whatever, and uh, there might be an orphan and somehow gets adopted into the into the mix. So. Yeah, you know, who very, knows? Maybe, maybe if they're, yeah, maybe if their mama turkey got killed, maybe there's another one if they hook up with some other little turkeys with another mama. Who knows? Uh, again, I'm not a biologist, but uh, that's as much as Tom and I know. We're not. Tom and I are not afraid. That's why we don't. That's why we're not scared to do a live show and make a mistake. Well, uh, we're not afraid to say we don't know. Right. I mean, let's face it, we don't, nobody knows everything, you know, and we, if we don't know it, well, okay, we don't know it, and sometimes our audience will jump in and tell us, you know, what it is. Yeah, we got very knowledgeable audience yeah. here, and, we, you know, we were talking a little bit, Tom, about the DNR wardens and right. what I feel like they do a uh, darn good job. You know, that bear that was shot earlier this year, where I think it was the young girl shot a 720-pound field dress bear near Black River Falls in Clark County, uh, I remember I had talked about this on a previous show that I had heard that there were some baiting violations, right. failure to tag. Okay, so that case um, I, was resolved. In fact, you gave me this, the uh, Wisconsin Outdoor News. And uh, basically uh, what they did was they found him guilty. He accepted a plea agreement and he was found guilty of failure to immediately validate and attach a bear carcass tag. Uh, and possessing birds in excess of the bag limit, and that was from a previous turkey hunt. Uh, and for, in both times, apparently the guy, again, it's a, a, a guy up in Door County, he uh, was mentoring, so I, I'm thinking he took the same granddaughter, I think it was, and for the turkey hunt. But here's where I was shocked. He was fined a total of $586.50, did not receive any license revocations or suspension, and two baiting violation citations and one citation for failure to complete registration were dismissed on motions from the prosecutor uh, up there, Clark County Assistant District Attorney. Now, the warden said, as our job as wardens, we put cases together, take enforcement actions that we think are appropriate. 
uh, and then the DA's office works with the defendant and they work out agreements. But as far as I'm concerned, that sounds like that guy got off really light on that one. Yes, he um, did. Yes. $586.50. So, uh, I mean, I'm not against the guy getting a break, you know, like we kind of talked about there's gray areas, but somehow I feel like if that was uh, deluxe Danny Bush, uh, I'd probably get my arse nailed to the wall on that one. So I, I'm wondering if that might be a, a wealthy landowner who, per, who perhaps knows everybody, including the district attorneys up there, and kind of got a slap on the wrist as a result. Yeah, you know, that's exactly what happens with uh, the police departments. You know, they, they do their job in, in arresting the criminals, but then the DA's office slaps them on the wrist, you know. And, uh, you know, sometimes the police wonder why are they going through all that trouble when nothing happens, you know. Yeah, but yeah. You know, I I think you're right. Maybe this person knew somebody. You know, had, I, or maybe they know. maybe they just wanted to plea bargain so they didn't have to have an expensive trial. Or maybe maybe let's look at it from a humanitarian standpoint. Maybe they thought it's a good grandfather trying to help his young granddaughter out, and he's trying to be to the little young girl, and so they you know kind of understand. Maybe they yeah. giving him a break. Maybe if the guy's heart was in the right place. Who knows? All I know is I'd never get a break like that. And uh, you talk about prosecutors. Yeah, same same prosecutors in the inner cities who might be complaining about too much guns, but too many guns. But the first charge they dismiss on a felon is the gun charge and let them yeah. go. Yeah. So, you know, what a bunch of crap that is where we're being pushed for more gun laws. They don't even enforce the ones on the book. But don't get me going. Boy, I'm getting riled up here today. I but know, we have I a know. caller, we, Tom. We better not get started on that. Should I tell you my warden story? We, we got a caller, but if you oh, want to okay, go, it's up to you. okay, let's do the caller first. Okay. All right, let's go to Leo in Milwaukee. Leo in Milwaukee. Oh, I'm sorry, Wasaki. Wasaki. Okay. Yeah, hi. hi, guys. You're sounding good on the airwaves. All oh, right, up, that sounds Leo? good, Leo. The, uh, what was the payout on that bass tournament there in Door County? I'm, you know, I'm not... I, I don't know. Danny, do you know? Well, I know in total there was over a hundred thousand dollars in prize and winnings. The winning team gets a gets a boat, and uh, you know I heard some figure that the boat was you know, maybe a thirty-five thousand dollar boat. I I'm just going off the top of my head. Um, I could be totally wrong. I know Ron was talking about it. I know he did finish in the money, but um, I know it's uh, you know it, it, it they do give away a lot of money. So um, but you but. The entry fee isn't that bad. I think it's like 500-some bucks for a team nanter. And, Tom, you were mentioning, you know, a lot of pros. Yeah, there are a lot of big names that show up in it. Uh, the Parsons are there, a lot of – but there's – most of those teams that I saw in the top 50 are Wisconsin teams, and it's a lot of, lot of, lot of just Joe Schmoes from every little small town in Wisconsin, So, which they may not necessarily all be pro anglers. There's just a lot of darn good oh. anglers in Wisconsin. Yeah, well, you know what, we're gonna, Leo, we're going to have to find out what the payout was and, and uh, hopefully find out during the next break, all right, okay, and wonder, then we'll let you know. That, I wonder if that Caleb down there in Alabama, I wonder if that is the same Caleb that uh, Gillespie goes with. Yeah, uh, I, I wonder, yeah, I wonder. That's, we were wondering out loud that ourselves there, Leo, but yeah. yeah, thanks for the call there, buddy. All right, hey, Bald Eagle, real quick, uh, I think long time ago, a tur a vulture, a turkey vulture was called a bald eagle because it bald head, and I think they confused the names. 
Well, we'll have to research that I've as never well. Never heard that. <laughs> which, which makes which makes sense to me. The vulture has a bald head, and it looks like a bald head eagle. Yeah, the bald eagle isn't really bald. It, the top of its head is white feathers. It looks bald, but it's not. It's got white feathers. Right. Once they're no longer a juvenile, juveniles right. don't have the white head. Right. Right. Okay, Leo. Okay. Thanks for calling. Yeah. All right. Here, here's my. Uh, uh, warden story. I was on Pewaukee Lake one time, fishing by myself. There I was. Yeah, there I was, fishing by myself, up in the front of the boat, and I'm casting. And I had my life jacket that was, you know, on the back of the chair where I was, you know, standing up front, on the back of the chair. Anyway, warden pulls up, asks to see my license. I show him my license. And he's looking in my boat, and he says, hey, where's your throwable cushion? I said, well, it's down in this compartment down here. And he says, you know, it's supposed to be easily uh, accessible. And I says, well, Mr. Warden, sir, I said, I got a question for you. I said, if I fall out of the boat, who's going to throw it to me? <laughs> he kind of chuckled and went his merry way. <laughs> well, there, well, there's Tom being a, what a card. There. <laughs> well, it's true, you know. <laughs> If I fall out, who's who's there to easily access it, you know, and throw it to me? <laughs> you know, I always pull one. I've got one with a rope on it attached underneath where if I wanted to throw it. And I also have another one that I pull out and just have handy laying around the boat just in case. Uh, one thing that people on the Bay of Green Bay need to remember, and Lake Michigan, is if you're under power now, you know, if you're... Uh, uh, going, uh, if you're on plane, or they, they, they talk about, uh, what do they call the term? Uh, I can't remember the term. But you know how when you gun a boat, initially, and the front bow comes up, you have yeah. to overcome that wave where eventually the bow comes back down again. Um, there's a technical term for it. You, you're right, on plane. Yeah, you have to, but there's another term that they oh, okay. talk about on it, which I think is basically more or less describing the same thing. You have to have your lanyard attached to you. Oh, the, um, kill, the kill switch. Yes, correct. And that's not a DNR thing. That's a uh, that's a Coast Guard thing. And the DNR is not going to be the one enforcing it to start with. I do believe it is going to be the Coast Guard uh, enforcing that. Yeah. Well, you know, what, oh, well, listen, we got to go to a break. I'll tell you something when we come back from the break, because you were right. It's very important maybe to have an extra length of rope attached to that throwable life preserver that's that throwable you know preserver that's very important i'll explain why when we get back if i remember it so stay stay tuned folks we got one more break to go and uh, a few more things to talk about so don't run away we'll be right back it's the To the Wacky Walleyes Cutting Edge Outdoors. I'm Dan Bush along with Tom Newbauer. We are presented by Bait Mate Fish Attractant. And Tom, I got a quick notice here. Uh, the Northern Zone Musky Season opens May 29th. So if you want to try and go up north there, hey, and get yourself a big musky. And you know, with the the uh, with the uh, 
uh, popularity of initially Lake of the Woods and then Vermilion and Mille Lacs and then the Bay of Green Bay. You know, a lot of people kind of forgot about northern Wisconsin and those northern little northern Wisconsin lakes, even up around that Star Lake area where our friend Troy was staying. They've got some mighty big muskies in some small lakes, and I don't think they get quite the pressure as they used to because everybody's going to the big name places. Yeah, even the even the larger lakes where our friend uh, uh, the Boulder Junction Connection lives, uh, like Trout Lake, there's some big muskies in Trout Lake, but how many people are fishing that big lake? You know, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, got, I know there's some, but don't know how many, but you're right. There's so many lakes in northern Wisconsin that have, you know, quality muskie fishing that uh, there, there's got to be some biggies laying around. But, one thing uh, I do take, I kind of wonder about, one of the, I, I can't bring it up right now, it's in my email somewhere, but they had another uh, email from the, uh, you know, from the DNR, again, talking about the northern Wisconsin opener, and it says, catch the fish of a lifetime, and it talked about the muskie opener, and it said, the world record muskie was 69 pounds, 11 ounces, caught by Louis Spray, and I kind of think, hey, man, uh, I don't know if we want to be talking about that 69 pound 11 ounce muskie at this point because uh uh i really I, I i really still think that one was bogus i think louis lied it was a big muskie probably a 50 pound muskie which which is huge but i i don't think we really want to hang our hat on that one maybe talk about the cal johnson 67 pound 11 ounce that that one is in a case and they wanted to cut it open and look at it uh I saw it at the Moccasin Bar, and later our friend John Detloff from uh, Indian Trails Resort would have it with him at the uh, shows in the case, and he said there was no way in heck they were going to let anybody, you know, get cut that mount out to see if it was several put together. That was the rumor that maybe that's several musky skins put together to make it look like one big musky, which I can't see how that would be possible. No. Um, I was going to say what you said before about the, the attaching a rope to the throwable life ja- uh, life preserver. You know, a few years ago, a good friend of mine almost drowned, and he, he made a few mistakes. Number one, he's got a small boat, and he had four people in the boat, way too many people for that little boat. That was number one. Number two, um, he didn't have the life jackets out okay out on on the seats or wherever and number three he didn't tell anybody where they were he had them stuffed away in places right and he didn't tell anybody where they were and they were on a little lake and he fell out of the it was in fall and he fell out of the boat and the wind was blowing the boat further away from him quicker than what he could swim to the boat because he was fully clothed you know and had uh you know like a sweatshirt and a hoodie on and all that and if it wouldn't have been for his brother-in-law finding the anchor rope and throwing it to him, he very well might have lost his life. So having those life jackets out is important. And like you said, having a length of rope that you can throw one with a rope to pull somebody in if they fell out. But letting people know where this stuff is, you know, if they're new to your boat and they don't know, tell them, you know, just in case. You know, you never know what might happen on the water. Yeah, and, and I do the same as you, Tom. I always pull the life jackets out and put them on the back of the seat. Yep. So they're right there. Uh, you got the throwable. Now, you are right. 
a guy should make it a point, and I have sometimes do it, but then I forget sometimes to point it out to people and just tell them this is here. Uh, you could even tell them where the fire extinguishers are and where the first aid kit is. Um, you know, just to kind of, you know, you know it, it's amazing when you're out hunting and fishing uh, how an accident or something bad can just happen real quick. Uh, yeah. You know, whether it's a guy falling out of his tree stand and breaking his neck uh, and dying. You know, there's been a lot of tragedies, you know, where they find a guy by his tree stand. So you really got to be careful and watch your step at all times. And especially when you're out on the water. Uh, and I'll tell you, I'm, I'm especially... I'm especially careful now on the big water. You know, if you go on the Bay of Green Bay, Lake Michigan, uh, you really want to be carefully watching the weather. Now, one of the reasons now, Tom, to have a smartphone or whatever, Android, whatever you want to call it, is you can go right to your phone and you can see the weather radar. You can see it coming, what's coming your way. And uh, and, and it actually tells you about how much time it'll be, be before it hits you. So if you're on the water, I used to turn on... I used to turn on the marine radio, which I still do, but uh, I've got the phone now, too, to kind of monitor it. And it, it, when in doubt, get the heck out of Dodge. Don't wait till yep. the last minute. Yep. And for anybody going out uh, bass fishing today or tomorrow or this next week, fish that shallow water. They're coming up shallow right now, so you want to be in that shallower water anywhere from you know, two or three feet all the way out to maybe uh, six or seven feet. But that six or seven and in, you want to be in that shallow water now. I can't remember where I heard it, but I heard somehow Fox Lake on fire, a bunch of crappies. Somebody I remember told me it's all a fog here. I've had a lot going on in life. But, yeah, now's the time out. Get some panfish. Maybe next week I'll have the peer report. Maybe we'll get a hold of our friend Paul Mahalik, get some more exciting reports, and... Uh, talk about uh, an exciting memorial weekend so but as far as this week that's all i got that's all i got too danny to all the listeners thanks for listening and god bless and stay free everyone you've been listening to wacky walleyes cutting edge outdoors presented by baitmate fish attractant get out there and fish we'll talk to you next week my friends like the grand canyon